Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And if 2020 didn't throw enough stuff at us, we got to deal with a tropical storm, storm surge, flooding all over Tampa Bay this week. And uh, we're going to talk a lot in today's show about steps that you need to take, advice for you, whether you're making an insurance claim, because we do, um, you know, my wife does own and operate an insurance agency, or whether you're looking to buy or sell, whether your home's on the market, um, you know, whenever you have flooding, storm surges, um, you know, a storm that that does directly impact our area more so, I think, than any storm uh, that, that I can remember uh, in the last few years. Um, you know, it, it it changes the game. You know, you got to pivot and and make make some adjustments, right, Mike? Absolutely. It's um, you got you got to be ready for it. And there's things you can do to prepare. And so that if, uh, you know, God forbid, when the storms do come and they will come um, that you're ready for it. So let's talk first, then um, let's say that you're a homeowner and, um, you know, you, you have some some property damage this week. And so the, the very first thing that I recommend most people do when you have a claim is to talk to your agent. Now, a lot of people don't understand that um, there, there is many times a difference between your agent and the claims department or the carrier, uh, especially if you're talking to an independent, um, you know, we're part of a, you know, we're, we're, you know, our insurance agency is an agency. It's a, it's a brokerage. So we, uh, while we represent and sell insurance carriers, we're, we're not employed by them. So, so, you know, Angela, um, you know, Caitlin, Zoe, Brittany, our team of insurance agents can kind of give you some advice. Hey, look, here's what your deductible is. Here's, you know, the likelihood of whether you should or shouldn't file claim. You know, it sounds like that's water damage. You do or don't have flood insurance. So the very first step, I think, is to get some advice before you, uh, you know, file a claim. A claim sits on your record. It hurts your insurance score. It costs you more money, causes your rates to go up. A lot of people go out and file claims on very minor claims that end up being less than their deductible and it ends up hurting them Um, or claims that, you know, for all intents and purposes are going to get declined and your coverage doesn't apply. Don't, don't file the claim because now you've got an extra mark on your record. But a lot of people make that mistake when a storm comes through, they file on everything um, and, and it ends up costing them way more money and they still got to pay for the claim out of pocket because it gets declined. So talk to your agent and, and gauge, you know, likelihood for, you know, this claim getting coverage. Do you have, you know, coverage for it? Do you have flood insurance? Is this a flood claim? Did, you know, all these types of things come into play this time. Um, you know, usually this is a month or two earlier in the season. This is a little later right. than we normally have to deal with this. Uh, but hey, it's 2020. What else can you expect, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to, to just add on to that, you know, your agent is your advocate in the situation. They're not just there yep. to sell you the policy, but also to help consult you when things do happen, when you need to make decisions, do you need to file a claim? How you, should you go about it? Um, that's what they're there for. And I know the team that we insure is is more than willing to, to walk you through that and advocate for you um, to be there. So I think that's great advice to to always start with your agent. The, the other thing that I would say that I think um, a lot of people um, make a mistake on, you know, when it comes to the, the storm stuff um, and claims. Now, if it's water, a water claim and you don't have flood coverage, you probably shouldn't file the claim. W- way too many people do. They're like, oh, maybe my carrier will, will cover it. Well, look, insurance companies are, are they're not nonprofits. You know, they're not in the charity business. They're there to make money. And, and, and I'll tell you, 
if you have water claims and you don't have flood coverage, the lesson learned is get flood coverage. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this hopefully this is a wake up call for people. There, there are so many uh, scenarios out there and people that were sweating bullets through this storm. You know, water at their doorstep and they don't have flood coverage. And and it's very if you're not in a flood zone, it's very inexpensive. Now, if you have a mortgage, it's very likely that you're required to if you're in a flood zone. But there's plenty of people where it's optional, but still have flooding. There's really no science behind how flood zones uh, flood is determined other than your elevation. And we know through you know decades and decades of data that the elevation of your home is one part of why or whether or not your flood your, no, your home will flood. Uh, a very small part in some instances. There are parts that have really high flood elevation but have poor drainage. You know that happens all over South Tampa, for example. So, yep. you know there, there there there's just a lot of mistakes that happen when it comes to flood insurance. Very inexpensive. Can't recommend it enough. We insure the bay.com. Go get flood insurance before it's too late. Before the next storm shows up. Before you know the, you, you know you have a catastrophic claim that you could have prevented over a few hundred dollars a year. Um, you know, again, I, I can't say enough ab- about how much I recommend flood insurance. We insure the bay.com for all of your flood insurance and insurance needs. Um, obviously, it's our trusted partner. My wife uh, operate, you know, owns and operates the insurance agency, and uh, you know, something that we've spent you know years gaining knowledge about before we launched it a couple of years ago. And now, you know, hundreds of carriers, you know, four great insurance agents with a myriad of experience, and and again. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm probably going to beat this into everybody, but, but flood insurance, I can't recommend it enough. So let's talk next, though. So let, let's pass over the homeowner segment of people. You know, I think we've given them some advice about what to do, whether they have a claim, whether it makes sense, whether it's above their deductible or not. You know, do a little research before you just go straight to calling your insurance uh, carrier. Again, the difference between your carrier and, an ag- and your agent um, is, 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 you know, is plentiful. But let's talk about people right now that are thinking about buying a home or that are under contract on a home. Um, insurance lent or not insurance mortgage lenders this week, Mike, are going to go back out and verify whether those homes have had any catastrophic coverage, flood issues that could impact uh, the insurability and the ability to get a mortgage. Yeah, they they will go back out. We'll wait and see. Um, you know, on whether or not. So what the big trigger is whether FEMA. Um, you know, the, the federal agency declares it a disaster area or not, but lots of times, um, lenders, re- even if FEMA doesn't, is, you know, declare it a disaster area. I know many local areas, Pinellas County for sure, I believe Hillsborough as well declared, um, you know, state of emergencies, um, during the storm this week, but, um, they will still require to go out and get a final inspection, get a reinspection on there to make sure that there was no damage or at the very least, um, require a, you know, a picture and a certification um, from the seller or the agent um, saying that if there's no, if there's no federal uh, disaster area declared. Yeah. And I think in addition to um, the possibility of your lender doing it, you should as well. Yeah. The last thing, the last thing that you want to do is be under contract in a home, be through your inspection period and then get to closing and find out there's mold or there's water damage that came in after the storm. You know, a lot of people, especially this time of year have moved out of the home already prior to closing. We've had a lot of people, you know, a lot of people moving up and have vacant homes to sell. And, and so they may not know it. Of course, they may know it and not disclose it to, which is illegal, but we know it happens. So, so the reality is, is that it, it requires an extra step for you as a home buyer 
to verify and vet. Did water get into the house? Can you have your inspector go back through and spot check? Maybe take right. a moisture meter to the baseboards or to the entryways. Um, you know, look for signs of of staining. Um, you know, there's there's no question that if you're buying a home right now, you should look at that. Secondly, let's say so. So that's assuming you're someone's under contract on a home. It, you you should and 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 a lot of mortgage lenders will or not mortgage lenders insurance agencies will too. Insurance companies will require that second check even if the lender doesn't. So there's, right. there's, you know, if you're under contract to buy or sell a home and it's closing in the next few weeks, plan for, just be prepared for the potential that, you know, there could be an extra delay or step in underwriting to verify some of this. Um, it, it throws a curveball in the process. It sometimes Surely. causes a delay here and there. So just, you know, kind of enter everything with a grain of salt that this does mess a lot of stuff up. But so let's say that uh, you're buying a home but you're not, you haven't yet gone under contract. Use this as an opportunity to say, you know, I would tell you drive out to your neighborhood that you're thinking about buying in today, like now, first thing, as soon as you can and see what it looks like. How well does it drain? Is it puddled everywhere? You know, are the homes flooded? And, and then secondarily, uh, use that as an opportunity to weed out neighborhoods or areas you may not want to live in that don't have proper drainage. Um, you know, definitely, uh, uh, definitely a, a way to us uh, for you know instances of water damage. Look in the homes, look in the roof. If if a if a roof if a roof was weak, old, not stable, had leaks prior to this, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to find them now because it'll you know a storm like that with those kind of winds and rains will will find those leaks. So look for leaks. Uh, look for instances of staining. Look for things that sellers might try and cover up instead of fully repairing. Uh, so so you, you've got to take an extra eye to it. Make sure you tell your home inspector to really look for some of those extra things because a storm like this will find the weak spot in a home's structure or in a home's roof. Yeah, and it's just another reason if you're not under contract and about to buy a house, it's just another reason why you got to get a, a a licensed uh, home inspector out there to make sure they do a thorough because lots of people, you know, it's like putting uh, you know, lipstick on a pig, right? They'll cover it up and they'll do everything they can. Maybe even, you know, even if there was some staining, they paint the ceiling and, you know, so that it hides it and whatnot, but it doesn't mean it's not still there. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's always and, important you do your due diligence. And so let's move next to, let's talk about, you know, how, how to deal with this storm. If you're a seller, first and foremost, disclose everything disclose that water got in people will find out a neighbor will share a photo they'll find something on social media people have ring doorbell cameras that, that that record all this stuff like don't lie don't be dishonest it will come back to bite you you will get sued and it will cost you way more money disclose whatever happened and repair it professionally and have receipts if water got into your house in any capacity disclose it. Don't, don't attempt not to, because someone will find a social media post, a photo, a video, something, and, and it'll cost you way more. It could cost you a sale, it could cost you a lawsuit. So if you're a seller, fix your stuff, you know, get it, get it done professionally, disclose it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, un, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you look at it, lots of homes in Tampa Bay get water inside of them. It's pretty, it's, it's, it happens. Yep. So it's not the scarlet letter. If you addressed it quickly and it didn't turn into mold or anything crazy, you're going to be fine. So, you know, really, really recommend home sellers being above board here. Probably one of the most litigious things and causes us the most stress and frustration is when home sellers don't disclose things like that and they get found later on and, uh, you know, sales fall apart. Lawyers get involved. Just, you know, their property disclosure statements for a reason. Fill them out honestly. 
say everything you know, and then have everything professionally addressed and cleaned and ready to show to your particular, um, you know, your, your particular uh, clients. Another thing that I think really matters, and this, this is something I'll, you know, wrap up this first segment on. If you're selling a higher priced home, you know, especially in areas that maybe are a little bit flown or prone for flooding, um, you know, there may be an example where someone just assumes that an area of town or a neighborhood always floods um, and, and your street or your part of the street may not document that. So when you sell the home and you've got somebody on the fence concerned or having questions, you can show them, hey, look, here, here's what happened in this, in this tropical storm. Water didn't even get to my driveway. You know, so that will make people feel more confident that when the next storm comes in, your street or your house fared better than maybe they expected um, it to fare. So you, if you drive through South Tampa, for example, there are some streets that are better than others and some streets that just flood every time. If you're one of those streets that didn't document that, take a video when the storm's happening or in the aftermath and have that so you can show someone that may have a concern later on about whether or not your home did flood. Uh, it's one of the things I'm very grateful for with security cameras. You know, we have cameras that are building in our house so I can go back and say, Hey, look, here, here's the footage. Like, you know, here's what happened. Um, so that anyone that, that has a concern, uh, it can be addressed later on. So, so I, I think again, a lot of homeowners have those same tools, but if you don't whip out your camera and, and document one last thing I'll leave you with, if you uh, got out of this unscathed, um, you know, I, I spoke to Angela this morning. She couldn't jump on air today because she's dealing with uh, insurance claims and, and a lot of stuff this week. But one last thing she said to leave everyone with is to make sure and document your belongings, walk through your house with a video camera, categorize and organize and, and show your show your house uh, before the next storm hits. Because one of the biggest challenges with claims is personal property and what your house had or didn't have in it and how you can prove that should you have a catastrophic claim later on. So this is hopefully a wake up call for everyone to be prepared the next time. And we know there'll be a next time. So we're going to be back uh, continuing our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show. Uh, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, pretty much all of them at the Duncan Duo. Um, we've got a cool giveaway if you're a past client of ours right now. Make sure to follow us. Send us a direct message. Uh, free T-shirts. Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup champion T-shirts courtesy of our, uh, our favorite hockey team to uh, continue to celebrate our championship. Uh, but if you missed our first segment, we wrapped up and talked about everything related to ETA. I don't know if it's ETA or ETA. I kept calling it ETA. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I believe it's ETA, uh, Tropical Storm ETA this week. We talked about, um, you know, so if you missed it, you can go back onto our website, catch the podcast. Um, you know, we talked about tips for home buyers and home sellers, as well as homeowners making claims, uh, and, and strongly encourage everyone to get flood insurance and check out weinsurethebay.com. So next though, um, we were talking just before we wrapped up about documenting everything that's in your home, uh, before you have to file a claim. A lot of people run into problems when they say, oh, well, I had you know, this in my house, or I had this antique, or I had this thing that was worth money. If you can't document it, you're probably not getting paid on it. So walking through your home and categorizing, taking a video of all your belongings, uh, something all insurance agents recommend. If you have high priced items in your home, uh, make sure they have extra coverage for them, but also same thing documented, have appraisals, have verification reports, have information that shows it and then have video of it. Um, you know, again, if you have a catastrophic claim 
and your stuff's destroyed and you can't prove that you had it and it's washed away, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting the insurance company to pay for it. So you, again, we are very, very, very fortunate in Tampa Bay that it wasn't worse. It was on the brink of being really, really bad. Yeah. And um, it sounds like, you know, there, there will be some property damage, of course, but uh, I feel like it was another foot of storm surge in a lot of areas would have been catastrophic. So we got really, really, really lucky. Use this as a wake up call to, to either get flood insurance, improve your coverage, uh, document your belongings, um, you know, and, and do your due diligence, uh, you know, and, and again, if you want a second opinion on your insurance coverage, we insure the bay.com. So Mike, anything else you can think of from the mortgage front that, that the flood stuff may, uh, call into question? No, I just would, you know, I, just to go back, even if you aren't in a flood zone, you know, so we do a flood determination on every time we do a mortgage for someone, we pull the, uh, the flood maps from FEMA, um, and pull a flood certification to determine whether or not you're in, you know, a flood zone, you know, based on what FEMA is saying. But even if you're not, um, so much of Tampa Bay, and so many areas do still flood and can gain water. Even if you're not near, you know, you're not on the water or anything else, you think you're good. But so many rivers and streams and have bad areas. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Flood insurance is so and you can get private flood insurance now. It doesn't have to go through FEMA um, when you're getting it on your own. And it's so inexpensive for the security and the soundness to get it. Um, to, to make sure you're covered, God forbid, there is, is a storm that causes, you know, major damage to your home. And, you know, one of the things that when I first moved to, you know, you and I've talked on the show before, both from the Midwest, originally you move here and you got to learn things about Florida is that, you know, um, flood insurance, you know, I just figured if, well, if a hurricane came and it flooded and everything else, well, that that's just the insurance and it would cover it because you have hurricane insurance and that's not necessarily always the case. Hurricane's going to be wind flood is going to be water, right? It's wind driven rain that, that is only covered. So if you have flooding, that's something separate. So if you don't have flood insurance and I didn't know that, um, when I first came here, just because, you know, I lived in an area where it wasn't as prevalent. And so it's just, again, it's so inexpensive to get it. And so even if you're lender or we tell you, hey, you don't need to get it, um, I still highly, highly would recommend for a few hundred dollars a year to have that peace of mind. I mean, look, we're going to end, you know, we're talking about a storm in mid-November now, which is sort of unheard of. I mean, the hurricane season doesn't end till November 30th. Um, so we're still in it. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's late. I mean, we're normally not talking about storms this time of year. You know, I saw on the weather this week, November historically is our driest month of the year. We get 1.7 inches. I think it was in Hillsborough County. And we probably got that in a half an hour at one point yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there are parts of Tampa that, that were over 10 inches. So there's yeah, no question that that um, a lot of people, um, you know, I think were unprepared or maybe kind of took for granted thinking, oh, yes, it's just going to be another one's going to miss us. They all miss us. Yep. And, uh, and, and I think this one snuck up on people because it turned, you know, it's why you've got to pay attention. Now, fortunately we're almost out of, out of the season, the season. right? We're, we're almost past it. So th- this is the time to say, okay, we're near the end of the season. Now is why I need to get prepared for next season. Cause here's what right. happens. Once the season gets over, it's off the top of your mind. So you know what you're going to end up doing? You're going to end up, uh, you know, you're going to end up deciding not to get flood insurance because, oh, I don't need to pay for it now. And then you're going to forget about it. And the next one's going to sneak up on you. Right. The, I was going to say know, the same thing. Do it, it now. Don't wait because, you know, June is, you know, seven months away. 
um, and we're at the end of the season. You know, get this stuff now. Let this be while it's still fresh of mind. Um, before you get too deep into the holiday season, all that, handle the stuff, get prepared, because it's not a matter if there's going to be another storm. It's just a matter of when. Um, yep. And, yeah, no and so it's it's important to be prepared and and go again. Get a second opinion. Get a get, you know look. You know what? And and here's something that Angela gave is a great strategy. If you're someone that doesn't want to spend the money on blood insurance, go shop your primary insurance. Find a new carrier that's maybe that's just as good as your initial carrier, but maybe has better rates, and you can add your flood on for the same cost. She said right. she she she's helped countless people this year that found a new carrier that was a rated, just as good of a carrier, but got their rate down so that they could then afford flood insurance and and have more security and safety for the next one that shows up. So we insure the bay.com uh, again, Andrew Duncan, the Duncan duo. Uh, we're going to be back after a quick break, continuing our conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market. So we're back here on the Duncan duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Spent the first couple of segments talking about, um, Tropical Storm Etta, the impact on home buyers and sellers, as well as uh, some insurance tips from our friends at WeInsureTheBay.com. And so next, I want to move on to talk about the holidays. Look, they're upon us. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving's a, a couple of weeks away. We got Christmas after that. And every year we run into the struggle with a lot of our customers that want to sell or buy during this time, but aren't sure what to do or how to handle it. So I want to give some year-end home selling tips first, and then some year in home buying tips. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, and, and I don't want to talk about seasonality too much because I did a segment a couple of weeks ago where I spent like 20 minutes where all I talked about was how different Florida's real estate market is and up north. So I want to skip that. But, but what I really want to say is if you're selling your home and you want to decorate, you have to go as neutral as you can go and as light as you can be comfortable. Um, far too many people will put their home on the market and then they've got the Clark Griswold Christmas setup, and it, it's distracting and causes people to overlook the house because the house is cluttered with Nick Christmas knickknacks like mine is, but I'm not selling my house. You right. know? So I'm, I'm okay with all the Christmas knickknacks, but, but the reality is, is that you, you, you know, if you are going to sell your home during this season, you don't want to date the photos. You don't want to date the memories of people that they have in the home and all they think about is a Christmas tree because it's only up for a little bit of time in the home. They keep the rest of the year. You don't want to block off really great big spaces with some great big tree that takes up the room and makes the home feel smaller. You don't want to seem like you're hiding things. You don't want to cause electrical complications with all the cords and lights and everything that you plug in. And then there's breakers tripping and people concerned that there's an electrical problem when that's just natural when you plug in 27 light fixtures into one outlet. So the, the reality is, is if you're going to sell your home during the holidays, um, neutralize it. Don't decorate as much as you normally would. Go smaller, go less. Um, you know, you can maybe ramp it up for a few days before and after Christmas, but you never know when the right buyer is going to show up. So you just don't want to have your place cluttered and have a buyer not be able to look past all of that stuff. Right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And I know many of you out there and it, it just seems it's just so 2020. So many people are decorating earlier than they ever have because yeah, they just we, need uh, that spirit. Yeah, same, same. I did. I'm, mine's up. Like I'm, yeah, I'm working, and it's, on, you know, the, working on the, the outside now. The Christmas music stations are on the radio and, it, you know, so it, it, it's all there. So even if you already have started and you are putting your house on the market, take these tips in mind. You know, maybe you got to scale it down if you are, you know, if you do have Clark Griswold's house, uh, you know, up and running and, and that, you know, get it scaled back because uh, these tips are important. You know, I got Clark Griswold in my front window. 
I, I got a I've big life-size character yeah. of it. We got him in the office. So, look, I, I get the decoration, and, and I, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. We always go really big on the decoration. Our inside's already done, and we're working on the outside now, but I'm not selling my house this year. If I was, I'd listen right. to my own advice, and I'd, I'd take the year off, or I'd tone it down big time. So you've really got to tone it down. The last reason you've got to tone it down isn't just because of, um, you know, all of the, uh, you know, all of the, um, you know, reasons you could distract someone with too much stuff or too cluttered, but it's also different religious beliefs. Look, you've got to understand that there are going to be people that aren't Christian that don't support or believe in Christian or Christianity that don't support Christmas, that don't celebrate it. Do you really care who it is that buys your home if the check cashes and they pay the most money? So what I would tell you is you are going to deter buyers if you've got the, the overzealous Christmas decoration because they, it may offend them. And, and hey, guess what? In 2020, we're the most offensive we've ever been. I mean, right. people walk around looking for reasons to be offended. So if you think you won't offend someone, you're wrong. And you have to ask yourself, do you really want to throw that extra wrinkle into the home selling process and potentially cost yourself a sale or money? Um, you know, in a negotiation. So, um, you know, that, that's something that I, again, I would encourage, again, I'm not saying you can't celebrate your religion. I'm just saying, you know, look, if you're selling your home, tone it down a little bit more. Um, or if you can't tone it down, then just wait till January, put it on the market. Then the market will be ripe. Then there'll be plenty of buyers out there that missed out during the holidays, plenty of people out there shopping. Now, if you're a home buyer, um, you know, so, some things to think about buying during the holidays is, is, you know, during the inspection process, if someone does have a lot of Christmas decoration, you may have to specifically ask them to move things. Inspectors don't want to move stuff. If lights and Christmas trees and ornaments and statues are in the way of them testing light fixtures or testing for moisture, they're not going to move stuff because that's risk for them. They don't have the authority to do that. So you may have to be a little bit more hands-on during the home inspection process or encourage your agent to be so. And, and get things moved so certain things can be tested um, and pay attention to, to those things because, you know, you want to make sure something's not being hidden or not disclosed because it's hidden under or behind the, you know, 13 right. foot Clark Griswold esque Christmas tree. So the, you know, so, so the, the, another thing to think about if you're a buyer, I talked about it from sellers and how sellers may decorate and, you know, could offend someone. If you're a buyer, just go into this season with the expectation that people are going to think and have different religious beliefs than you. If you're not a Christmas uh, supporter or, you know, you you certainly have plenty of people out there that are supporting Hanukkah, um, you know, and and maybe not supporting Christmas. Just go into it with an open mind. Don't, don't turn down a house because somebody celebrates a different religion than you, if it's the right home Um, and, and do your best not to get bothered or offended by their decor. Because this time of year, people are celebrating, um, you know, and I think this year a lot of people need some celebration. They need some some faith and some, some um, you know, uh, joy, and, and that's giving that to them. So, so if you're a home buyer, do your best not to let those things get you triggered. We had enough things in 2020 to get us triggered. Don't let Christmas decorations get you triggered, okay, just because somebody thinks differently than you. The, the more that you can go into it with that mindset, I think the better, uh, you know, the better you'll be as either a buyer or a seller. Um, you know, during this time. So another tip uh, on the buyer front, do your best to try and close by the end of the year. Homestead exemption is a big deal here. 
Yeah. Saves you a lot of money on property taxes. If you close January 1 versus December 31, uh, you know, it could be a substantial difference in your tax bill because the assessment is a year sooner, a.k.a. higher prices, a.k.a. your cap kicks in a year later. You want to close by the end of the year. You get a substantial tax benefit um, by closing now versus closing later. So if you're under contract looking, trying to find that home, get it in by the end. Do your best to get it in by the end of the year. It will positively impact you financially. Yeah. And another tip on that, if I can, is that if you are owned a home in Florida and you're moving to another home in Florida and you are able to port, you know, port your save our homes tax exemption. And so you need to reach out to your lender, um, go to your county tax auditor, your realtor. You can bring that with you. You have now they just passed in in this year's election. Now you have three years to do it. But you're going to want to bring that benefit along with you, which will help you get down. A lot of people don't know that. So, you know, I lived in Wesley Chapel for almost 15 years um, before moving out to Pinellas County. And when I moved out to Pinellas County, you know, the house I bought from somebody, the gentleman had lived here 25 years. So his taxes had been way muted down because he was protected by Save Our Home. So I knew there was going to be a large tax increase when it when it reassessed the new buyer. But I was able to use all the money that I saved from my homestead exemption over the years import that from even county to county from in this case pasco county to pinellas to help to keep my taxes down so that's something a lot of people don't know and it's very very important that you you talk to somebody that can help walk you through that because it, it can save you thousands of dollars and and one other thing on that same front that it was two years that you had and, right. and it was recently voted i believe the vote confirmed that it's going to three years i don't know when Correct. that effective date is but so you're now going to have three years Right. Of you're able to have a three-year lapse in between your homestead if you move somewhere, go somewhere temporarily, um, you know, to to move that that taxes. I don't know if it goes retro at all. I don't remember all the specifics. I remember voting for it. That's the only thing I'm going to tell you. I voted for. <laughs> right. Um, right. Except, I'm not. Yeah, I'm that's not only thing. I mean, except for Bob Enriquez, which I think if anyone knows, I'm friends with Bob. He's come on my show a half dozen times. That that's probably the only that that's a no-brainer. He's you know, I mean that sure. that one. Uh, it'd be, you know, not logical for, for that to happen. He's been in the coaching ranks and, and known him a long time. So those are the only two things I'm telling you I voted on, but you know, cause they're real estate related. And so the, but what I will say is the, uh, I believe it goes from two to three years and I think it goes effective this coming year. It doesn't go retro, but, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. And like we had talked earlier in the show about when we we're talking about flood insurance and next year's, you know, storm season, everything, I, I would recommend everybody don't wait. Because that's one of those things you're like, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. I have time. Now I have three years. You don't want to forget about it because once that time does lapse or you get busier or life happens to you, then you lose it. You lose it for good and it, it can be so valuable. So I, I would yeah. recommend if you're in the process of buying and doing all, get it all done right away um, so that that you're set up and you don't, uh, you, you know, you get to your maximum savings on your taxes. Yeah, no question about it. And 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 look, everyone, there's obviously a lot of talk out there about what's going to happen with income taxes. Right. So, you know, get your savings where you can. If you can, you know, if you can offset whatever your taxes may go up to, if they go up at all, if you're of the income bracket that that matters, um, you know, then, then, you know, get every penny of savings that you possibly can. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on 970 WFLA. Um, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, um, you know, pretty much everywhere. Um, and, um, you know, we, we'd love to keep giving you real estate information. We do that online. We make sure to share videos, stories, motivational things, tips, 
Um, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time, and I'm, I'm just going to touch on it really briefly. We've spent a lot of time the last several shows talking about uh, Florida's population growth, movement here from New York, California, Midwest. Uh, that's going to continue to drive our real estate market, no matter who the president is. Our population growth and low inventory and low interest rates uh, are going to continue to propel our real estate market for a long, long time. So I want to make sure everyone understands that. I, you know, I see people saying, oh, the real estate market's going to crash if this happens or that happens. And the reality is, is it's nothing can be further from the truth. Real estate market locally is in very, very good shape. Now, is New York going to get hit hard? Yes. Is California going to get hit hard? Yes. Um, but but certainly not something uh, that we're dealing with here in Tampa Bay on a, on a major scale. Our market is just going to continue humming along. Just too, 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 too little inventory, too low interest rates, and way too many people. I wouldn't say too many people. I, I love that they're moving here. But yeah. a lot of people moving here to keep prices down, it's going to keep things moving in the opposite direction. So we're going to talk uh, you know, some – there's, there's a lot of fraud out there going on with COVID, so, so we're going to give you some tips to avoid some real estate fraud after a quick break uh, here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan with Mike Corrigan of Cross Country Mortgage. And um, one of the downsides of COVID, a lot of people uh, lost jobs, a lot of people out of work. There are gigs, a.k.a. being an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or waiting tables aren't delivering the same amount of income. And unfortunately, there's a segment of the population that gets desperate. So real estate fraud across the board is up. Um, you know, a lot more fraud happening. And, and by fraud, I mean, you know, a myriad of things, whether it's rental fraud, someone claiming that they own a home and taking a deposit check and then bouncing because they really didn't own the home and they use the MLS listing to fake someone out. Or um, wire fraud, Someone intercepting emails or trying to intercept wire, uh, send the wrong wire instructions so that home buyers send the wire deposit to some guy in Nigeria who's yes. ready to who's ready to go, uh, you know, buy a new car with your money. Um, you know, there, there's also uh, mortgage fraud. People that um, you know can't qualify for a mortgage without a little fib. And uh, they're trying to, to, you know, to grease the wheels a little bit and, and um, they're, you know, they're desperate. There's just a lot of desperation out there. It's sad. It's unfortunate that our economy has gone through COVID and there's been so many ups and downs this year with 2020. But it does bring out the idea that real estate professionals, mortgage professionals, we, we've got to look out for fraud more than ever. We want to make sure you don't become prey to it. Yep. And I would say on the mortgage front, I mean, this it. it is make sure you're just you're just very upfront and you let your your lender of choice know everything that is going on and you're not just trying to hide something or you get something through. There are a lot of times where we've had situations where somebody doesn't want to let us know something or anything else. And maybe it wouldn't even be constituted as fraud, but they're trying to hide something. And so right. it's kind of that gray line. And what happens is they don't tell us about it. Inevitably, we find out about it because there's so many systems and checks and online resources nowadays. These things come up and an underwriter asks us for it. And by the time we we get to it, it's too late in the process. Whereas if reverse we reverse course, up yeah. front, you could have done something right. We yeah. could have done something or positioned ourselves better and everything else. And that happens all too often. And so I just highly recommend similar like we talked earlier in the show about your agent being an advocate for you when you're talking to your loan officer and your loan originator, make sure you let them know what's going on. Let them help you um, get what you ultimately want, because a lot of times just hiding something, it's just a matter of time before you're going to have to bring it up. Yeah, no question. And, and I think the, the other side of that is that 
um, a lot of self-employed borrowers this time of year. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, things have been a little rocky for them for, for self-employed sure. people this year. There's been a lot of ups and downs. How do you classify, you know, if you're a small business owner and you've got, you know, any kind of government assistance, how do you classify that? Does that classify as revenue? Does that classify, you know, there's just so many, it's such a different year. Um, if you are self-employed, the one thing I would say, if you're not buying this year, talk to your lender, do your homework and get prepared for yes. next year. Yes, absolutely. And how, how you're going to file your returns and everything else. Obviously, we, we know, or maybe not obviously to some people, but a big advantage of being self-employed is you have the ability to write off a lot of your expenses and get things off. And I, every year we have multiple people that come to us that, you know, they do very, very well, but they also write off a ton of stuff and they write off everything they could possibly can. And so when their net incomes on, you know, that shows on their tax return, they file. So they pay the least amount of taxes they don't show very much income where the reality is they have a lot more revenue and generation, you know, income generation coming in than, than what is shown and then therefore can't qualify for a conventional loan. Now we do have other programs out there where we can help people like that just by showing the revenue coming in and whatnot, but it's not going to be as favorable terms as if you, you had showed more income. So planning ahead, that's great advice, Andrew. Yeah. And, and, and I think just so many people don't do it and it's just a different year. I mean, lenders are looking at different things that yes. the economy has been in a different place and we don't know what the next few months are going to hold. There, there's, you know, there's a potential change in administration in the white house. There's a, a, a potential, you know, COVID vaccine. There's, uh, you know, just all these variables that are going to have uh, little, little wrinkles in the economy. So it, it's best to be proactive and kind of get your game plan ahead of time so that you don't get stuck behind the eight ball making a mistake and not being prepared and uh, if you if you're if you're planning to buy or sell in 2021 doing your homework now uh makes sense however if you have the capability of buying or selling now do not wait yes. way too many people make that mistake and then they do what everyone else is doing they wait to buy and sell till spring and summer and guess what that's when everybody's buying and selling so you know what that means that means prices are prices can be higher Homes can, can yeah, homes have more competition. If you have the ability to buy or sell now, you should. Uh, you know, go ahead and get 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 what you want. You know, there are people out there that may be more motivated at the end of the year. There's some tax benefits that can be out there. Um, you know, there's also potential. There's a lot of debate from people that think that the two out of five um, homestead tax cap, where you don't pay capital gains on the sale of a primary property, could go away. We know it won't go away by the end of the year. Um, so, so if you can sell your home and get it done by the end of the year, it could make a substantial difference on your taxes. If that tax rule goes away in 2021 with the new administration. So there are sellers out there probably should get their house on the market because it could cost them a bundle in taxes. Um, if they wait, uh, you know, and certainly it could, it could push to 2022. It may never pass the Senate. So many variables out there right now. I like dealing with knowns though yes. and not unknowns. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's why I give you advice based on what we know, not what we speculate because might end up being wrong. So anyway, we appreciate you tuning in again, make sure to follow all our socials. We are at the Duncan duo. If you've bought or sold a home with us at any time in the past, shoot us a quick DM on any one of the social channels and we'll make sure to get you out some free Tampa Bay lightning swag and a free Stanley cup champion lightning t-shirt for your business. Have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thank you so much for tuning in.